Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I wanted to talk to you about rotoballer.com. Win big in 2022 with rotoballer.com's MLB and DFS Premium Pass, which includes 15 exclusive lineup tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, and our new Team Sync platform. Use Rotoballer's exclusive hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, lineup optimizer, and more to help you win big. For a limited time, get your MLB Premium Pass for an extra 10% off your with your discount code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A. Just visit rotoballer.com, use promo code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A for 10% off the Premium Pass for the MLB season, and get started to rotoballing like a boss. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bub in the Bloom, episode 20. Going to get you ready for your final, like, 10 days or so of fantasy baseball action for you degenerates that are grinding out like the rest of us. We'll talk about some relief pitchers to target for the last week of the season and much, much more. You can find myself on Twitter at BDentrick. My co-host, as always, on Twitter at RyanBHQ. Ryan Bloomfield, how are we doing, my friend? Doing pretty good. Doing, doing, Feeling kind of weird this year, Bubba. Like, we were talking a little bit before, but... To be to be brutally honest, not my best year fantasy wise, and so I'm I'm not really. It's a, it's a weird feeling, like not sweating out any leagues or anything this this September. So it's not like I'm 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 waiting for the season to come to an end. But it's just a different feeling uh, of of not you know tracking every single pitch every night, which is probably better for my health anyway. <laughs> but uh, I know for 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 the loyal listeners out there, this is a big this is a big kind of last push and in head-to-head leagues it's it's championship week so we're, we're here to help yep we're here to help and that's why like we said uh we'll talk relief pitchers we're supposed to record last week that was my bad uh yeah, scheduling conflict but um we're gonna get you covered because that final week of the season has like three games maybe ends on a wednesday yep. so a lot of starters are gonna be not worth a thing so something to keep in mind and some more coming up we'll talk about some news here that might make some more guys even uh valuable as well so Let's get into that recent news, and we'll kick things off with one Shane O'Mac. Shane McClanahan leaves his start with, I believe, a stiff neck. He comes out on Wednesday saying he's fine. He'll make his next start. You never know. They were trying to stretch him out. He still hasn't even stretched out yet. There's a lot of question marks involved there. Like, he, Is he going to be worth even starting next week? Lots of lots of theories there. What are you looking at, Ryan, when it comes to Shane O'Mac? Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I, I mean, if you if you have what do you Shane O'Mac? I like yeah, Shane that. O'Mac. That's an old a, a WWF tribute to Shane McMahon. Shane O'Mac. 
Okay. All right. I like it. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, if you have McClanahan, you are, I mean, you're rolling with him. Like that's not obvious advice. I guess he's, it looks like he's going to he's slated to start Sunday, but it's just, yeah, like the worst timing possible, especially if you're in like a playoff format. McClanahan is probably a reason that you are going this late into the season and to have this happen. I think he gave up, yeah, five runs and in four innings with more walks than strikeouts in his last start against Houston on September 20th, like not McClanahan like at all. Uh, you just kind of, all you can really do at this point is hope that was just a one-off and, and that was just like a neck thing that will go away. Um, I, I don't know, man, I don't know about you, but like, I, I just have between this and the shoulder, like it's just a twinge of doubt when we're talking about picking aces next year. And I know like a lot of the kind of, the aces this season that had injury questions like your Luis Castillo, Zach Wheeler, Verlander, like a lot of those guys have panned out, um, but I'm still going to be, I don't know when you're kind of splitting hairs in that first, second round, looking at starting pitchers, I'm going to have a hard time kind of overlooking how McClanahan has finished the season in terms of just results, but the, but the shoulder. Yeah, I agree with you. Cause the difference with like Verlander and Castillo and a little bit of Wheeler is you got them more at a discount this past year where Shane McClanahan is still going to go like in the second round in most drafts. If not, like some people like love Shane McClanahan. Like, there was talks like a month ago, he'd be a first round pick. So there's, there's definitely um, people that, uh, that like him enough to make it very tough to uh, go and take a shot on McClanahan. And I'm going to pull up our early draft here. That's what and I'm doing. Cause I think he went round two to slack. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Two Brian point, Slack 2.6. 2.6. You see, I think he, I was like, did he go in the first round? But no, he was yeah. the what sixth starter off the board mid second. And I think that'll be common in a lot of drafts, especially like main event style drafts. They'll see if especially if he gets in the spring training and you see a couple good innings out of him and you get your confidence back up and it'll happen. But I'm with you. It's like I've always been kind of cautious of injured guys, like Pianowski and a lot of smart people say it. Like, you know, guys are gonna get injured throughout the season. Why draft them? It's already hurt. It's always a thing, and you know, he'll probably start the spring healthy, but I'm with you 100%. It's, it's kind of scary, and I'm really curious to see if he starts on Sunday for one and how long he goes because he was, you know, it's only a second start back from the IL. He wasn't going that long yet. They were trying to stretch him out. It turns into the question is like a f- three to four inning start out of McClanahan next week better than like a, a streaming reliever? Probably, but he's not getting you a win. So that's where it gets interesting. Probably. Uh, yeah. Like McClanahan's giving you elite reliever ratios anyway. So like, yeah, like, like I said, yeah, I mean, you're rolling with him, but, um, but yeah, all you can do at this point is just hope 69 pitches in his first uh, start back from the IL 80 pitches last time against Houston. So, I mean, Tampa still has a lot to play for. So I, I think they'll, I, I, I think they'll, 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 they'll be aggressive with him. Most definitely the Rockies. Um, they usually don't like young players. They've played a lot of them this year. Now they're calling up one of the top prospects in baseball, Ezekiel Tovar, and um, he's pretty much making the, the the Atlanta Braves jump, double A to the bigs. Been very very productive uh, in Triple A. Lots of speed. He was in the fall league, I feel like last year. It feels like I remember that name sounds super familiar. Could be wrong, but um, absolutely. Uh, I'm kind of surprised. Like a week, like ten days left, they're making a call for. I guess get him a couple of bats in the bigs before next year. It's the only thing I think of. But uh, what's your thoughts on Tovar? Who? Again, another prospect to bid on this Sunday. It might not mean much because they're out of they're out of Coors Field all next week, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you covered it pretty well. Like that's the there's there's a bunch of things at play here. At Tovar, I, I mean, I think yeah, the timing is weird, but I think they're just they like what they see. They want to see a little bit more. And like you alluded to, Bubba, they this is almost like a Braves type of promotion. 
19 plate appearances at AAA. So he basically just stopped by for, for a couple of days and then uh, going to Colorado. But the other point you made about when, you know, in terms of fab, like Tovar's, he's going to play every day. I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're not going to take Alan Trejo's bat off out of the lineup uh, with, you know, with, with Tovar. So like, I, I think Tovar is going to play, but Coors is done after this week. So um, I don't know. I, I mean, if you absolutely need a shortstop or middle infield, it's someone who could maybe provide some speed for you. I mean, Tovar had seven, he was 17 for 20, uh, stealing bases in double a this year. I mean, the, the numbers were great slash 318, 386, 545 slug. So kind of like an all around type prospect five category. We, he was number 16 on the HQ midseason prospect list. So like the guy is legit. I think he's going to play, but who knows? I mean, it's all road games and over a week and a half sample, anything can happen. So um, a buck if you need it. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of Dodgers in play too, which doesn't make you feel all warm and fuzzy. Uh, so yeah, yeah they, we'll, they get the five games at LA to end the season. Now I don't, I don't know what brutal. LA's rotation will be like in those yeah. five games, but it's our, it's as we're speaking tonight, Dustin May is getting rocked again, again, <laughs> against the Diamondbacks so maybe it's not as fearsome as as thought but yeah you're you're getting like Tovar for those five LA games at the end of the year a little brutal little brutal to say the least I just wanted to make this note because you probably weren't rostering anymore anyway but Nick Senzel is officially out for the season he left game on Tuesday I believe another disappointing year for Senzel five homers eight steals 110 games only a 231 average like we've seen the pedigree in the minors it just has not transitioned a lot of it's just been injuries Ryan he can't stay on the field doesn't strike out a ton, which is good to see, but just the overall production, the ability to stay healthy, it's just been a disaster for a guy that everyone had high hopes for at one point in time. I mean, disaster like this year, last year, like pretty much his whole career. I mean, it sucks. I mean, this guy was, I believe for HQ and probably everywhere, he was like our number two. He got up to like number two on prospect rankings before uh, being called up. And like, yeah, Senzel, I mean, this is the longest. He's had 420 plate appearances. Like this is the longest we've seen of Senzel in the majors and you, you, you noted the low strikeout rate, but there's also a 3% barrel rate with that. Like not gonna cut it's, it. it's yeah. The quality of that contact has been, uh, has not been there next se- next season will be Senzel's age 28 season. So like he's getting up there already and you can only kind of hold on to that prospect pedigree for so long. And so like, it's not the most groundbreaking thing to say, you know, fade Nick Senzel, but like maybe your last round or two of a, of a draft next year, if he's healthy, but that kind of percentage chance and with any kind of minor leaguer, there's you know percentage outcomes for, for whatever. Um, I mean, that, 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 the, the Senzel, we thought we were getting the chance of that happening just dwindles every single year, probably 5% or something at this point for him to be um, what we thought he was. Yeah, it's a big bummer. It's like a guy in a draft champions I might still want to take a dart on just because, like, he'll get him super late, but it's tough. He's like, he's not a Byron Buxton by any means, but he just has that pedigree where you had the hopes at one time he'd be a a stud, Mm -hmm. and it's just not there. So pretty, pretty big bummer in that regard. Uh, Sonny Gray hit the IL with a hamstring injury, left his start uh, this week after two innings, allowing four runs, getting shelled basically a week when everyone's like, two start Sonny to help me to my title and got blown up. Like a lot of pitchers have blown up things already this week. Um, so Sonny Gray to the IL, drop City. 
Yeah, you have to. I mean, I guess he's eligible, Gray's eligible to come back the last day of the season. So in the off chance that Minnesota has something to play for that last day, maybe they throw him. But no, he's a drop. And Minnesota, man, like I watched a couple of games this week. It looks like they've given up. Uh, I I watched a day game against Cleveland and like Jorge Lopez was pitching, I think the eighth inning and bases loaded through a pass ball and just didn't even leave the mound to cover home. Like there's just, just a lot of stuff like that. Like it's, um, it's kind of falling apart in Minnesota. So yeah, like, like I said, unless they go on some miraculous run and have something to play for at the end, Sonny Gray, his season is, uh, is, is over. Yep. Yep. Completely agree with you there. And there's not much behind him. No, no, it's it's pretty bleak, very bleak. And, you know, talk about Jorge Lopez, what a bummer that is. He was great in Baltimore, started yeah. out good in Minnesota, and that's blown up in a big, big way. So yeah. see how that one keeps unfolding too. Um, going to Boston real quick, they officially made Cutter Crawford and Garrett Whitlock shut down for the rest of the season, which you kind of saw coming. The bullpen's been a mess. Like Schreiber got it for a while. Barnes had it. It just looks like Schreiber, but who knows. And then uh, Connor Seabold has kind of walked into Crawford's spot. So not sure there's a lot of fancy relevance here unless you see something maybe in the bullpen. No, it's just too much of a of a of a cluster back there. Too many names. And yeah, Seabold, uh, I don't know, has not really done much in two outings. So uh I'm staying away from the back end of Boston's rotation. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty disappointing year all around for Boston. If you're not named, I guess, Michael Waka, he was probably the only guy yeah, who uh, crazy who actually did anything of all of all people. Yep, uh, of all people. Go figure. It's going to be a fun team to break down in the offseason. Like with yeah. J.D. Martinez, as he bounced back, does Xander even come back? Yep. Um, there's a lot of moving parts in that team that could really change the landscape of Boston. So if you're a Boston fan, you might want to you know, brace for impact is what I'll say. Um, that was one of the things like J.D. Martinez. This popped up. I get a notification on my phone every time someone hits a home run, which is... Well, I don't know, mildly annoying, but also keeps me in tune. J.D. Oh, Martinez yeah. has 12 home runs, man. Like that, because it popped up on my phone, and I, oh, J.D. homered, and then it says 12 for the year. Like, man. I laughed when you put out God. that tweet. He was in part of your tweet today, right? About yes. Guys that, yep. Yeah, I put that out there. Yeah. I saw that, but I laughed. You had a, a kill Madu with two, and I last night, I, I was, every night, like, if I'm busy, I go through, like, the MLB app, and I go to the summary to see all, how all the runs were scored and, you know, all this stuff, and it it gives the uh, you know number of home runs in parentheses, and I scrolled. It's a Akil Badu two, and I had to scroll back. I was like, wait, only two home runs? Like I know he's been bad. I know he's been in the minors, but two home runs, like two. That's it. So, uh, and then you tweeted it today. I was like laughing. I'm like, God, it's it's just wow. What what has happened? But uh, yeah, that's why this. That's why what we do, Ryan, is so much fun. So much fun. It's a uh, oh man, no rhyme or reason. Predicting humans, very easy. Hey, you know what else is fun? Team that needs starting pitching depth traded Jordan Montgomery. Did you hear about that joke? Heard about that. That's a good one. Because Frankie Montas goes to the IL, who was already hurt before they traded for him, basically. Then they traded for him, gets hurt again, goes back to the IL. It's been a rough go in the Bronx for Frankie. A rough go. And, yeah, the kind of the double whammy is like – not getting Luis Castillo. So yes, they traded Jordan Montgomery, but they also didn't get Luis Castillo. And the trajectory of those two starters has, you know, couldn't have been any different since uh, their respective trades. And so, yeah, like Montas, it's a, it's a shoulder velocity has been down of a full tick over his last three starts. Like what was his ERA? I'm pulling up his uh, seven ERA in August and five starts, five fourteen ERA and three September starts. Um, 
Yeah, he's he's a drop for this season. I mean, that kind of broken record, but basically anyone who's hurt at this point is a drop if you need if you need warm bodies. I'm um, just going to be interesting. Monta Montas is just super. I I feel like he's super streaky, and I don't have like oh. the numbers behind this to support this, but um, he did have he's had a couple really good seasons. 2019, 2021 had a terrible 2020 and a terrible end to 2022. And a lot of what Montas, I mean, he just lives and dies with that split finger. Yep. And he is, he has basically been quoted in the past saying he's lost feel for it at times. And I just feel like he's somebody who, um, you know, can, can come and go very quickly either, you know, depending on the feel for his split, split, split. Yeah. Can't speak tonight. Split finger, depending on, I don't know if it's the ball or whatever, but um, just someone who like, I don't know what you're getting next year if you if you're taking montas it'll be interesting to see his price but a very wide range of outcomes for him and he's a great wild card like you said he might you know figure it out for another season and it could turn into like mm-hmm. the you know next year's robbie ray type stuff not to that extent but kind of the same idea um next kevin gossman let's go there Split i was just up. thinking god that, that's splitters. actually so this just popped into my head like something yeah. to do maybe do for the off season is look at these kind of split finger heavy guys yep. are they like super you know, do they have a lot of variants from year to year? Because Gossman's the exact example who popped yeah. into my head. That's funny. Yeah, because like uh, I know Nick Pollock's ingrained into my head guys that are heavy splitters. Uh, it is the hardest pitch to throw consistently. Like it is just di- so difficult. So the fact Gossman's done it for like two years now, I, that's why every year people ask, like even when the, his second year with the Giants, I'm like, I'm out. I'm not paying the price because it's just there's so much volatility there. But it's paid off if you've done it. It's paid off. I'm still like afraid it's going to blow up, but hey. If he can do it, Montas has the skills. We'll just have to wait and see. It's, uh, I just hate him in the Bronx. That's terrifying to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right, this one stings. I know. Trevor Rogers out for the oh. season. Finally came back. Looked <laughs> like Trevor Rogers. Like, all of a sudden, we got Trevor Rogers for three starts. Strikeouts, decent ratios. Life was good. And kablooey. So, yeah, he's gone. My, my year-long nightmare is over. Thank Andrew God, I actually, I, I dropped Rodgers almost every... I kept him in labor, uh, but just because they have an IL slot, but dropped him everywhere else. Just by saying that sentence, you can imply that I drafted a lot of Trevor Rodgers <laughs> this year. And, um, oh, God, I I don't know. I'm glad it's, I'm glad it's done. Um, I did watch that start with the 9Ks. Like, he did look really good against Texas. Like, that's the Trevor Rogers I drafted, uh, the one that that showed up for one start on September 12th. I'm no longer on any of my teams. No clue what to do with him for next year. Like, the the wounds are too fresh for me to draft him right now. But, um, I mean, another guy, young, like, this is next year will be his third year. Rookie year was fantastic. Plenty of rebound potential, yep. but man, it's uh, yeah, this was this was rough. He's gonna be once we do like post mortem season, which is coming up, uh, Trevor Rogers is gonna be the highlight for me. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. 
Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, we have a lot of fun 2023 slash 2022 look back stuff coming our way. There's a lot of players I have questions about for the good and the bad. Like, there's a lot of questions I have. We got a long ways to go on that one. Trevor Rogers definitely is a guy, like you said, that that little glimpse he just gave us, that little glimpse. It's like, okay, do we do it again? Do we do it again? He's still so young. And the Marlins know how to take care of their pitchers, unless you're Sixto Sanchez and can't avoid the buffet line. That's the only problem they have. But everything is good. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. I did notice, Cor- I think it was Corbin Young tweeted that he was doing the best ball on fan tracks for next year already. And I don't know. I think it was a 12-team league, but took Rodgers in the 13th or 14th. I think that's good value, round. honestly. So I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting. interesting. Like I said, the wounds are too fresh for me to think <laughs> about it at this point. Most definitely. Uh, last bit of news I have, and there's more. Like Keep an eye on Jose Altuve left Wednesday night's game. Uh, a couple other, like CJ Crone left Wednesday night's game. So some guys, as you're keeping a set lineups throughout the week, keep an eye on that. But Alex Wood was officially shut down with the Giants. I just wanted to mention it because he had quite the mixed bag this year. Uh, 5.10 ERA, but a 3.41 xFIP, about an 18% K to walk, which isn't great, but not bad for Alex Wood. He either had like really, really good starts or it was really, really bad. It was a, a, a weird season. Like most Giants starters, the defense did not do him kind at all. So I'm just curious where he goes next year. But, um, yeah, his season is done, and the Giants are doing bullpen games and everything else, and somehow they're going to sweep the Rockies probably. So I have no idea. Yeah, you wonder uh, in terms of, like, streaming a takeaway, at least for the rest of this season, is streaming against the Giants, just be- against the Giants pitching staff, just yep. because, like, what are they what are they playing for at this point? Um, like, why continue to throw Alex Cobb out there? Like, yep. someone who could get so hurt, and same with Rodon. But, um yeah, I don't know. Wood and Cobb were like two guys who were so unlucky the first half of the season, and it did not change for Wood. It did change for Cobb. Wood, like, it's funny how much luck this plays a factor. So from 2021 to 2022, Alex Wood, strikeout minus walk rate, 19%, 18%. Ground ball rate, 51%, 48%. And XERA, which we use at HQ, Last year, a 334 and a 342 this year. So basically the same exact guy from a skill standpoint. The ERA went from 383 to 510. So uh, exhibit number 843 of how much luck can play a factor in some of these starters. game of inches, as they say. A game of inches. So, so much fun there. All right, so that wraps up for the news. As I said, there's a lot of other guys leaving games, going to get some weird schedules, all these guys clinching already and stuff. So keep an eye on all that. Good luck with all that. Let's do it. Our weekly matchup, weekend matchup game. Ryan is starting to put the wood to me. This is not good. For me. Yeah, I got smoked again. Got smoked again. Um, not fun. Not fun. Actually, we we split last week. We split last week. Split. So that, that's a good start. Um, but uh, yeah, you're starting to pull away. A, why does it say 10 to 10? Am I blind? Oh, no. It's 12 to 8. Yeah, you're smoking me. Okay. Right. What do you got on this one before I keep digging a hole? Uh, just, yeah, time's running out, man. Every every split, you've got to you basically have to I think sweep, I have to sweep out, out. Yep. Um, to 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 tie. And again, the 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 thing on the line here is our round of golf on uh, November third 
at uh, First Pitch Arizona, which I absolutely cannot wait for. Man, I, I put the email out this week. There's there's probably like nine or ten of us so far in for golf. So Beautiful. hoping to get a couple tee times there. And um, yeah, just cannot wait. So um, so yeah, that's what's on the line. Green fees for our golf outing, the Bubble Bloom Invitational, maybe we'll call yeah, it. There we go. Um, let's see what we actually both. So we we're doing runs, RBIs and hits for our hitters. We're pitching, picking each one of those and then strikeouts, you know, for all the new listeners out there in late September, uh, we're doing, <laughs> we're doing strikeouts only for, uh, for pitchers. If you're new so you to that the is, game. you that really don't want to spend time with your family. Here we are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I took you down nine, eight Brandon Marsh over Corey. Dickerson. That's what's so frustrating. Like somebody's yeah. been so close. Yeah, I mean, week before eight, eight to seven. Yep, I've beaten you by one base each of the last two weeks, and eight and seven would have beaten me in the majority of other weeks. So, yeah, it just happens. Um, yep. you took me with Brian Bayo, who's been a lot better. Seven Ks, that was nice to Daniel Lynch's four. So, um, yeah, you need to uh, you need to step up your game this week, man. Yeah, so we're going to Coors Field, Ryan. We're going to Coors Field. We're doing the uh, the lazy approach here, and I'm going to Michael Toglia. Uh, the dude's been crushing baseballs uh, in the minors, in the bigs. He's getting to play every day, switch hitter. Um, been very productive. Had two triples on Monday night. I remember watching those in person on TV, I should say. But he's he's hitting uh, at every game in this series. He's driving in runs. He's scoring runs. Uh, he's also got a lot of swing and miss, so anything can happen. But he's got some nice matchups. Uh, this weekend as he takes on the Padres. And I know Darvish is on Friday, which is not a nice matchup. But after Darvish, he gets um, Manaya, which is always a great matchup, and Mike Clevenger. So I'll take my chances there with Mr. Toglia to get me uh, on the board in the hitting department. So same exact, like you didn't technically snipe me. You had the first hitter pick, but uh, I was, yes, too, too busy to, to, to go with a different team. So I'm kind of boxing you in. That's my, that's my, that's my, my strategy here to play some defense. Uh, I'm going Jonathan Daz. I'm going with somebody who's hitting higher up in the order than, than your boy, than Tuglia. So I'll probably get a couple more at bats maybe this weekend, but same exact reasons. Uh, You know, the Darvish start is rough, but. Uh, anytime you can get someone in court, especially Daza, who like, I mean, he's kind of built for this game, right? With hits and runs and RBI, like OBP he's, monster. He's, yep, he's an OBP. He's, he's not going to get you many homers or or uh, or, or bags, but he's going to play. He's going to accumulate and in that park. So, um, and, and I mean, even and even takeaways for for listeners, like if you need those categories, if you need batting average OBP, like that's, that's the ultimate guy to get for this weekend. Again, Coors is, Coors is donezo after the, after this week, but um, still should be, should be some decent run scoring uh, in, in Denver this weekend. Yeah. Coors will be a drop after this week, all your Rockies. So uh, get ready for that fun stuff as well. I'll let you go first in the pitching department. Cause I went first in the hitting department. So who is your pitcher this week? Cause it's, it's a, it's a familiar name. Yeah, it is a familiar name. It is it is Bailey Falter. Um, he is. Let's see, who's he going up against? I can't even remember. Atlanta. So like, Ballsy. not the best matchup at all. <laughs> uh, but and this is a similar. Ryan's refrain trying to and, give me something here. Here we go. <laughs> similar refrain, like that we've said all year. It started. I mean, just trying to pick a good swing and miss guy under fifty percent rostered, even in twelve teamers. Like it's just. 
it's really hard. And that's going to play, I mean, kind of a side tangent here, that's going to play into my drafting strategy for 2023, just be a lot more, I think, pitcher heavy, just because it's so brutal uh, on the waiver wire. But uh, Bailey Falter, he's, he's in the rotation. He's, uh, you know, three strikeouts last time at Atlanta. So it is like the second time he's seeing at the Braves in a row. So that also probably doesn't help. I'm kind of talking myself out of this pick <laughs> as I try and try and justify it. But I think I it's know. a great pick. I think it's a great pick, Ryan. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. 11% swinging strike. He at least misses some bats. And um, that's something to say for that. So, but yeah, Atlanta, that, that's going to be an awesome race too. Atlanta and the Mets. Uh, be a really good one. Way out here. So one one game apart, I believe, right now. So. Well, I'm going with Cody Morris. The Cleveland Guardians taking on the Texas Rangers in Texas in the minor leagues. Cody, 39 Ks and 21 and a third innings pitch. Now he's getting stretched out with the big boys. Six innings in his last start, six Ks. He's basically a K per inning guy over his last couple outings. Um, he's looked very, very effective for Cleveland. And you get Texas offense is very boomer bust. Like we've seen the good, we've seen the bad. But one thing Cody has done is limit the damage. It's like solo home runs and not a lot else as long as he stops walking, guys. He's going to probably get you five, six innings. Like I always say, give me a K per inning. I like my chances. So I'm going Cody Moore. So I think he's a guy that I definitely want to see his last few starts because Cleveland knows what they're doing with their pitching, and he could be one of those kind of later round guys next year. That could be quite entertaining to me because the little improvements we've seen this year, if he becomes a staple in that rotation, could be a fun one to look at. So Cody Morris will be my pitcher for the week. Morris is interesting because I just, I'm, as you're talking about, I'm pulling up his game log and yeah, like that walk rate looks terrible, but it's like um, one start is one start is five walks against mm-hmm. the angels that his other three starts. I mean, that start happened, you know, whatever, but yeah. could have just been a bad day. Uh, his other starts, two walks, one walk, one walk and double digit whiffs in each of his last two. So I like it, man. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But did you want to cover any of the good matchups that you have written down there? Or do you want to go to the bullpen? Uh, we'll just yeah we'll hit on just a couple matchups from the HQ matchup tool uh, this weekend. Your easiest matchups are the White Sox. They get three against Detroit. Who man just play, playing out the string? Yeah, they've got Erod in motion. <laughs> yeah, it's um it's been a long year. New new leadership for next season. So maybe that that will inspire some hope. But Erod Hutchinson and and Alexander are going against the White Sox. Um, this is like the least relevant postseason. I have no idea that what the ratings will draw for this series, but Miami and Washington <laughs> play oh each other this goodness. weekend. This reminds um, me of the Bush Bowl in football back in the day. Yeah, like, yeah, it's 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 bad. But because these teams are so bad, probably a lot of these guys are available on waivers. And again, if you're in a deeper league and you're just playing matchups, you have like, for an example, you just brought up Altuve you know, guys who may be day to day or whatever, you need guys who are going to play. Um, you know, Miami's lineup is terrible, but they're getting Josiah Gray, Eric Fetty, Annabelle Sanchez, all right handers. So any lefties on Miami is uh, a fine call. Houston gets three right handers at Baltimore. And then we talked about the core series. So those are the easiest ones. The hardest matchups, and this is like by far from the HQ tool, is Oakland. Again, you don't have many, many A's. But they get Bassett, DeGrom, and Scherzer. Um, like, that does not get that much harder than than no. that over a weekend. And, like, honestly, that that's probably, like, maybe we'll talk about postseason or something the, mm-hmm. next week or whatever. But, like, the Mets might be my pick just because it's so hard. Rotation. Yeah, it's so hard to get through that rotation. Yep. 
So, um, yeah, I mean, just those two guys, they're, they're rolling right now. Toronto, uh, Tampa is, is another series this weekend. Toronto gets, I mean, that's a pretty tough It's Jeffrey Springs, Rasmussen and, and who we just talked about Shane McClanahan this weekend. So, um, Springs, we talked about Springs a couple of weeks ago and I I'll admit like, it looks like that one short outing from him. I think it was like a three inning 39 pitch outing a couple outings ago that was a that was just a blip springs has pitched well the last two games so um tough matchup for toronto there and then any like any st louis lefties uh they get a brutal brutal weekend they get heaney kershaw and anderson uh, tyler anderson at la so they get three lefties um it'll be interesting like i mean st louis has a ton of righties who can mash with Goldschmidt Arenado, but Albert Pujols, he's going to get three lefties this weekend. So that's going to be interesting in his quest for 700. I, I hope like yeah. hell he gets it. I hope he does too. I don't want him to go to the off season at like 699. That would like really, really suck, but uh, we'll see what I happens. Know. I always, I kind of like the St. Louis action there because I, I love targeting Heaney and company. So that could be fun, but it could be a good series. Like you said, LA, St. Louis, Philly, Atlanta, Toronto, Tampa Bay. Got some good potential playoff matchups out there. I know Vlad Sedler tweeted out, with the season ended now, here's your playoff setup. And there's some interesting matchups that I guess going into the season, like the Padres are still in the playoffs somehow. It blows my they mind. Are. It's but, funny. Yeah. Like for, for uh, as bad as they've been and all the headlines and all you need to do is get in. All you yep. need to do is get, get in. The if you get, get to the dance. Yeah. You have Darvish. You have, if you have Blake, the Blake Snell that pitched tonight, uh, recording Wednesday night against uh, St. Louis, take a no hitter in his seventh double digit strikeouts. Like Juan Soto starts heating up. Things can happen. That would be fun. Anybody can take down the Dodgers. I'd, I'd like to be a big fan. So make it happen, people. Fernando Tatis's suspension gets shorter and shorter. Oh, that's and the shorter. craziest part. Like, man, I still don't understand how that rule works, but I'm not. I don't get paid to do that, so it's okay. All right, let's talk about it. Relief pitcher pickups for the stretch run. Like we talked, you know, most teams closers are already picked up. You got some guys you can stream though. There are dudes that are out there. That are taking over roles. We already talked about Jorge Lopez is, is out in Minnesota, so it should be Duran show potentially. Um, you know, Jose the Clerk's still out there in a lot of leagues. There's a bunch of guys out there, but we're gonna hit on uh some of the higher rated uh pitchers, relief pitchers, according to baseball HQ, and some other great stats. So, Ryan, what do we have in this week's bloom board? All right, so this week we've got this is kind of like I think a hidden little hidden gem at HQ is we've got a bullpen indicators page that is like super informative. It um I think it rivals like roster resource. Roster resource is really nice in terms of like the they have like the grid of who pitched, how many pitches and what was the like decision or the result, which is really useful. Um at HQ we've got a bullpen indicators grid that basically goes through looks at the skills both year to date last 31 days, but also usage metric called leverage index. And this isn't like an HQ specific thing. I don't think we came up with it. Um, I probably should have looked up for, for proper credit who came up with it, but we use it. And leverage index is basically a, a gauge to measure um, the importance or the leverage of a game when that reliever comes in. So your higher, higher I mean, this is pretty simple. So I don't know exactly how it's calculated, but the higher leverage index score that you have as a reliever means you're entering the game in higher leverage situations. And in terms of fantasy, like it doesn't necessarily mean, I don't use it to really say like this could be the next saves guy. 
that kind of depends. Like some of your high leverage guys stay high leverage and that's, yep. and that's it. So I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's an indicator for like someone who could be a closer down the road, but for this specific purpose for these last 10 games, it's a fantastic indicator for who's being used in spots where you could get that vulture win, or you, you might get used on a team that's fighting for playoff positioning. Um, your highest, highest leverage relievers are going to get pushed to the max over these last uh, two weeks. So leverage index is something that um, uh, that is really useful right now. And so I put it on the board and combined it with uh, K minus BB again, yeah. kind of the catch up catch all metric for really any pitcher. So if anyone wants, I didn't put this out there on Twitter, but uh, just because it is the leverage index stuff is behind the HQ paywall. If anyone wants it, I just send me a DM and I can send you the, the list or subscribe to baseball HQ, of course, but, uh, but happy to, happy to share that with you. And, and basically I just combined the top leverage index guys with the top K minus BB guys who are not closers came up with a list of like 15, 16 relievers who I think are um, going to be pretty useful the rest of the way. Yeah, I like the list. I and mean, you mentioned that why that leverage index is so nice. It doesn't mean they're a closer. A lot of these guys have closed or get a chance to close. There's no doubt about that. But the big thing is uh, they're going to get used a lot, like you said, and you got that chance for the, the wins. We see a couple guys on this list with six wins on the year. Uh, a lot of all these guys have at least one save except two at the bottom. Um, and that's because like seven guys from Atlanta are on this list. It feels like, yeah. um, but Atlanta is Atlanta has AJ Minter, Iglesias, Dylan Lee, Lee. And Colin ridiculous, ridiculous. That's how good like Atlanta's filthy. Like a repeat could happen. But um, let's just start at the top because Andres Munoz is a guy I've actually rostered off and on throughout the entire season. Yeah. When there's been like bad streaming weeks or just I want to like whatever, I've had Andres Munoz because I also thought there'd be times when he take over when um. And Seawald is hurt and everything. Yep. So I'm a big Munoz fan. He's, you know, he leads the list here in K to walk. He's got two wins, three saves, but the strikeouts, the ratios, he's been a closer before. Dude's filthy, absolutely filthy. And um, he should get a ton of, a ton of usage as Seattle's fighting for that playoff spot to finish the season. So I think this is a no brainer. Should be one that be, should not be on the waiver wires after this weekend, I think. And that's the that's the kind of thing I think you layer on top of this chart because the chart I mean the chart is just showing all teams and so like Munoz is the top guy thirty three percent K minus walk and yeah like Bubba you said the ratio I mean so I put the twenty twenty two stats on here ninety Ks two sixty one ERA point ninety two WHIP um, like that's all elite but the big thing like you mentioned Seattle is full throttle right now trying to get in the postseason whereas two guys down from this list is Minnesota, Yohan Duran, who again, fantastic, probably just as good as Munoz. Uh, but what's the, you know, is Minnesota really going to push them? Like, why would they want to do that? So um, that's the other kind of part I think you need to layer on top of this list is which teams are, are in position battling for position in the playoffs for seeding or just to get in and, and target those guys. So uh, Munoz probably is taken in 15 teamers. Yes. Um, but 12s where like you're deciding between, uh, you know, maybe, maybe three or four games from Munoz in a week versus like Bailey Falter. <laughs> um, unless you really, really need wins, like, and that's all you need. I, I, I'm opting for these middle relievers the rest of the way. Munoz is only 21% rostered in an in, in FPCOCs. So he, 12 teamers. Okay. Yeah. So that is definitely a move that needs to be made this week if you're out there for the stretch run. Uh, AJ Minter, one the top of the four on this list, at least of the four Atlanta 
relievers nutsack, as he likes to be called. <laughs> um, I didn't make that up. Really? Right. Oh, yeah. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Oh, no, that came out last year in the playoffs. That's his nickname. Like, they made a bobblehead, and on it says nutsack. Yes. How did I miss this? I knew they had, like, the night shift thing, and I, I, how did I miss this? Oh, yeah. This is his nickname. He's electric. Like, his personality, top-notch stuff here from AJ Minter. And he's been outstanding this season, just like last year. Massive lefty specialist. Going to get used late in the game against the top lefties they face. Uh, just, for, just for fun here, Atlanta, over the next few games, they got, like, uh, Philly – Washington, the Mets, and Miami. So you got a few lefties there. I'll get the piece through at the end. But lots of strikeouts here. Great ratios again. Five wins on the season. So he does get that late inning action that uh, proves to be pivotal these days. Just just can't believe you just put it out nutsack in the middle of it. <laughs> I've done worse houses. things. Like done it. worse things. Yeah, done worse things. Um, I'll, I'll save. I'll save the good ones for uh for uh, first pitch, guys. Come on out, for, check it out. Yeah, for the for the for the lobby bar. <laughs> five wins, five saves, like you mentioned. Eighty-five strikeouts. Like, there's not many guys in baseball that have that. Um, Atlanta is obviously fighting the Mets right now. Like, that's going to be a fantastic race that we were just kind of talking about before. Like, they're going to push Minter as, as as hard as they can. So. Um, Similar reason to Munoz so why you need to at least consider him if um, if if you just need to kind of hold it down. Because the other thing that's and we've talked about this on the on the pod before, but like ratios versus counting stats, like ratios work both ways. If your competition is trying to go for wins and K's and they do kind of take these fifth starters of guys that are just grasping at straws, they get blown up like those ratios. I mean, you you can gain a lot of ground in ratios right now just by your opponents kind of messing up. So um, at least these guys just kind of stabilize it. And there are some blowups out there right now, folks. Ask Corbin Burns uh, owners, Wade Miley, go down the list. Sonny Gray, there's been a lot of them right now. Yeah, so this has been a brutal, brutal week for some guys you were trusting in the stretch run. Uh, I'm going to go – I'm going to pass through you on around. You kind of mentioned him earlier. The dude's great. We know it. Minnesota, though. I don't know what you got going there. Great pickup if he's available. Like, go for it. He actually legit might get saves. I'll say that. So you got that going. But what I want to hit on uh, another brave real quick is Rafael Iglesias, former closers for the Angels. And he's still been very, very good with the Braves. He's probably going to be their closer starting next year. He's still two years under contract. The reason I wanted to mention him with Mentor here is they're going to be the, the, basically they're the righty-lefty, like, high-leverage guy. That's what they're going to be. They're both going to get used super late in the game. And Kenley's been struggling. Kenley's been struggling. So you could see scenarios where if this like if there's a lot of lefties in the ninth or they want to give Kenley an extra day off, we could see Iglesias or Mentor actually get a save chance down the stretch here. So that's something else to keep in mind because like we mentioned with, with Seattle and you mentioned earlier in the show, the Braves are fighting with the Mets. They're going to go fight to the end. They play them next week also. So you could see a lot of Iglesias and Mentor, and I wouldn't be shocked if you see either one in the ninth either. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Like Jansen, he's kind of been up and down. His last four have been scoreless, so he he looks like he's riding the ship. But um, before that, Turin runs one, two, two, and those were in a span of six appearances. So, like, um, yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a, that's a really good point. Depending on the matchups, either one of these two guys could could be there. Iglesias, I, I'm guessing his leverage index is inflated a bit just because this is like a full season yeah, thing. So um, it was really high. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> What's a whole lot of leverage, leverage chances in Anaheim? Let's <laughs> let me honest. let me ask, stop myself yeah, halfway. Yeah. Through. Ask Mike Trout and Shohei Otani how the playoffs feel, as as everyone's yeah. mentioned twenty thousand times by now. 
so so maybe scratch that. Um, <laughs> I would love to see if he had like a rolling graph chart of this watch. Like it all of a sudden just came up when he went to Atlanta because he didn't have any. When he like left LA. the closer roll yeah. and went to the middle yeah. relief, all of a sudden his leverage went next. through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. That'd we need great. we need to get Toby for that rolling graph for that. Yeah, one. that's his world. Uh, let's go to Tampa Bay. I'm actually surprised only a couple guys are on this list, maybe because Fairbanks has been injured so much this season. He deserves to be here as well. But Jason Adam has been sneaky. If you know, if you're in the know, you've seen it. He had a run of getting saves, like Tampa Bay always moving guys around. But even when he's not getting saves, tons of strikeouts, amazing ratios. The dude's been very, very good. He's been good for the last few years. Like last year in Chicago, the ratios weren't great, but still a massive strikeout guy. And now he's getting full run in Tampa Bay. So he's a sneaky arm. We know how Tampa Bay loves to do things. We already talked about, you know, maybe they shorten Jeffrey Springs. Maybe they shorten Shane McClanahan. They're going to use a lot of bullpen. And if all of a sudden one of those guys goes four innings, and I'm not saying Jason Adam comes in the fifth, but you know how these scenarios work out, there's going to be vultured saves. And if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Tampa Bay. Or for vultured wins, I mean. So I like Adam a lot. Maybe not so much for that piggyback part, but he's going to get used heavily as well. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Actually, something I didn't really think about was the yeah the length of your starting rotation. And so, yeah, we've talked about McClanahan a couple times already, uh, Springs a couple weeks ago, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, that that availability that 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 pie is bigger uh, in Tampa Bay, most likely for relief innings. There's there's a lot of slices to kind of dole out, but the size of that pie is probably bigger in Tampa than it is on other teams. And like so the Giants. No, the pie's small. Don't do it. Yeah, the pie pie's very small. Uh, as are the chances for wins and, yep. and saves on on that squad. So Jason Adam, yeah, I mean, eight saves, 0. 0.69 ERA, one forty-eight, or sorry, 0. 0.69 whip, one forty-eight ERA. He's on here. The other Tampa guy, Brooks Raley, who's also been saying, I mean, this is Tampa. Eight saves for Adam, six saves for do. Brooks Raley, but like Brooks Raley has a sub two ERA. Like it's just crazy what they can do with relievers. And um, the nice thing is there's so many of them that it's, you know, maybe just put together a bid list of like three of them and all for a buck and yep. you're bound to get one of them if you, if you need it. Yeah. I'm going to hop around now based on leverage index. I'm going to jump to Giovanni Gallegos as he's one of the higher guys here, you know, 24% K to walk 13 saves, three wins. Most of those saves came early. The leverage might've been early too, when he was the closer, uh, but he's still been very, very, very good. If you look at his numbers outside of one, like three innings or three runs he allowed on the seventh, it's been no runs in every outing until August 13th. Like he's been very good strikeouts here and there. Um, lots of holds. If you're in saves holds leagues, I actually added him in two leagues this past week. Cause I started doing my spec relief ads for a dollar thinking like uh, this is a stretch run guy I want with St. Louis. So I, I like Gallegos a lot. He's not going to be the closer, but he should get a lot of chances late in the game. Like quietly one of the best pitchers in baseball for a long time. Dude has had, I, I should look this up, but he's had a sub one whip each of the last four seasons. And he's not the closer. Crazy. That's insane. And, he's in, and yeah, it gets like no credit for it because yep. he's not the closer. 14 saves in 21, 13 saves this year. But it's hard to... um to be that consistent as a reliever in in today's game so uh yeah absolutely. i mean the only thing with gallegos is the fly ball tendencies like 55 percent fly ball rate this year 47 percent last last year so he's a little prone to the uh to the long ball but that's nitpicking man like dude is um dude is elite so and again st louis uh is is in the mix maybe they will kind of 
try and schedule things out and get Gallegos and, and Helsley and that sort of thing prime for the postseason. But uh, someone who should see some high leverage stuff uh, coming up. Most definitely. Uh, Joe Mantiply, I wanted to talk about him. There's a point in the season when Melanson sucked and now Ian Kennedy sucks and Reyes Maranta is supposed to be the closer. I've witnessed that show. Good stuff. Sometimes he likes to visit Pablo in the buffet line and forgets how to pitch. So we'll see how Reyes Maranto goes. But Joe Mantiply has been very good off and on this year. Everyone thought he'd be the closer. Got a couple sniffs of it. Scuffled a bit. Got out of the closing duty. Has pitched very, very well again. So, um, you know, they're, they might not be super productive when it comes to the D-backs. But like I told you before the show, they're beating up on the Dodgers every game this week. So you never know. They got the Giants this week, and that's usually high leverage situations for guys. So um, what's your thoughts on a guy like Mantiply? Because most guys we've talked about already, they're on teams we're expecting to compete, where the D-backs are just kind of out there running young players and trying to figure things out. And they're also using a lot of young pitchers that aren't going like only going five or six. So that plays well for him as well. Virginia Tech Hokie, Joe Mantiply. I need Ooh, to preface. My bad. I did not give the proper due. I am so, so sorry. There's, there's not many of them active. So, um, but yeah, it's it, and actually like Arizona. So you were mentioning tonight, like they're 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 it, Madison Bumgarner is beating Dustin May in LA. Like, um, I mean, Arizona's not great, but they they score runs. Like they are going to be in games at least for for the rest of the way and man supply 15% swing strike rate, 64% first pitch strike rate. Those are two metrics that I really like to use to look at kind of at the per pitch level, how good he is Uh, 279 ERA. That's right there with, with his skills. So like, yes, a heck of a lot better than uh, Ian Kennedy. And what's to say Arizona doesn't at least try man supply out in the closer role these last 10, 14 days, just to kind of audition for next season. Uh, Obviously the Ian Kennedy experiment, predictably did not go as planned and um, kind of no reason not to, but at, at the very least man supply is again, just another one of those guys who is going to pitch and pitch in high leverage. Like he's been doing all year and pitch effectively. And there's some other fun names here. Like Jose Alvarado. We've seen him hit the ups and downs of Alvarado before uh, Caleb field has been very good, but again, it's the twins. So what are we going to get out of that? But he's been very, very good. Evan Phillips, uh, we have Trevor Steven and Matt Bush. Those guys are kind of names I don't think many would think about on this list, especially Trevor Steven for Cleveland. Been very, very good. Yep. So any thoughts on any of these other guys we have not mentioned because they're not all the most popular of names, but and they're not on the biggest team like the Dodgers, of course, but these guys are probably going to get a little bit of a run towards the end. The one thing I will say, just like the D-backs, for a lot of these bad teams, they're running out young pitchers that don't go deep. It's not just yeah. the D-backs. It's a lot of them. So you're going to get a lot of bullpen usage down the stretch. And the Brewers have a ton of injured pitchers. So you're going to get a lot of bullpen usage. So something to think about also. It's not always just the contenders. That makes more sense, I guess, if you want saves and wins. But if you want caves and ratios even, you got some of these other teams that won't be too shabby either. Yeah, and I think I oh, one name that really stands out is Evan Phillips. Uh, six wins this season has been just elite, 0.75 whip. I think L.A. is one of those teams, and you kind of mentioned this, but when we're talking about the Rockies is, I mean, L.A. has no reason to to push their starters uh, the, the last two weeks of the season. So I think that's a team who's, rotation is not going to go very deep and again that pie that bullpen pie i'm starting to get hungry um <laughs> gets bigger in the bullpen there's just more innings to eat for that uh bullpen and evan phillips man um just just fantastic i remember i picked him up that after the all the all-star break week which was and so this is kind of 
coming full circle with the last half week of the season. I picked up Evan Phillips in my main event for that Thursday. I think LA had four games Thursday to Sunday. Evan Phillips got two wins in those four games and just little stuff like that can, uh, can, can be the difference. So, um, Phillips is good. Uh, Trevor Steven, as you mentioned, Bubba, like really good. And actually Cleveland is kind of really scary with Karinchak and class a in terms of like postseason runs. Once, if you get to like the seventh inning and you're, you're facing Cleveland, um, that's a knockout bullpen. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a definite knockout bullpen, a team that I can't remember completely, but I think they still have a long shot, but a chance to get in the playoffs. Like between Cleveland Minnesota and even the White Sox, I think I don't know as of today, they're all battling. Yeah, they're I, Cleveland's most likely winning the Central. Um, That's insane, absolutely be, insane. I'd, yeah, they're six games up on the White Sox. Like they're My they're God. they're looking like, good. Remember in the beginning of the season, everyone's like, "What is Cleveland doing selling?" Which I still agree. What are they doing selling? But still, it, the goodness. point stands. But yeah, they're gonna somehow. So then it just makes the ownership look even better. Like think they look better and do it all over again. So yeah, I digress. This is not what this show's for. But yes, Tristan, we talked about like quote unquote frail starters at the beginning, at the top when we're talking about McClanahan. Tristan McKenzie, holy God, yeah. he's been. Someone who, like, I wrote him off. I just look at the body. I'm like, no way he's lasting. He went eight innings, 13 strikeouts tonight. Like, that dude is peaking at the right time. So, um, yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland's in, man. They're going to get there. I think they're going to face that sixth wild card um, or third wild card, sixth overall seed in the AL, which right now would be the Mariners. And the Mariners are struggling to score against Oakland this week. So could be easy, easy path for Cleveland to get to the next round. Another pitcher that disappointed, Luis Castillo, in a great matchup versus Oakland. So, yeah, it was uh, just one of those weeks when you need these guys the most. Boom goes the dynamite. So, well, Ryan, any final thoughts? Because we have no listener questions this week as football season is in full force. So, um, any any final thoughts as we, uh, like I said uh, earlier, if you count the rest of this week, we, we roughly have about two weeks to go. Yeah, two weeks from next Wednesday will be will be the closing day. It will be one of the least productive uh, days that I've had at work yep. for speaking for myself. It'll be a, a fun day. Hopefully there's some um, postseason positioning available, but then also anyone out there, like if, if you've got it on the line going into game 162, like that's pretty much all you can ask for. So uh, just best of luck these last few weeks, and especially head to head for those of you, battling out for that championship enjoy the sweat like i said i i miss it um most years when i'm at least sweating out a league or two or whatever it's stressful but it's fun and i i do miss that that thrill this year but we'll we'll do some retrospectives and we'll we'll be sweating it out this time again next year no doubt about it there's always accountability i've never been one to shy away from that so we'll definitely talk about the goods talk about the bads plenty of bads this year so we'll see how that all plays out, but keep grinding. Cause like Ryan said, and we talked before the show is even though we're not going to win it all, we're, we're still competing for the integrity factor of it. Cause that's just, oh, yeah. at least that's how I am. Like I'd rather if I'm eighth, I want to finish sixth or something. Like I always had, I always grind and try to do something, but, um, and if anything, it makes, you know, guilds tweet me on, uh, that I'm annoying <laughs> him in fab. So like, I'm, I'm all aboard these trains. Um, but I, that's I all the my, motivation you needed, man. I <laughs> paid three, I paid three fifty for that league too, buddy. I got a thousand dollars in fab. Let's go. Um, so yeah, yep. we're, we're going to see what happens, but, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Like part of me is like, okay, I'm ready for it to be over. Part of me is like, well, it sucks. It's over. So we'll see how it goes, but, uh, good luck to your Hokies on Thursday night. Thank you. And, um, we'll be back with you guys next week with, 
don't know. We'll see. We'll see if it's even worth previewing the final week of the season or if we'll start retrospecting or we'll surprise. If you guys have any questions, make it a listener episode. Bring it. Do something. Right. Like we'll we'll think about it and see what we can do. But we'll we'll have some more content for you. As always, remember first pitch Arizona. It's like six weeks away now. Six like, weeks so, from tonight. You will yeah. be you I will be, be you will be in the cut. You will be you I will be at the bar Arizona. watching a playoff game. That's what I'll be doing, most likely. Or no, I'll be at a game. I could be at a game. I might be at a ballpark right now, drinking a beer with Ryan Bloomfield. We'll see what happens. I will be I'll be praying that my Thursday early morning, I think 5 a.m., 6 a.m. flight is still on time. Yeah, I'll be there. So we'll see what happens. But it'll be a fun one. So if you guys can join us there again, if you have any questions, hit either one of us up. Ryan's the veteran. I'm the rookie. We could all help you. But more importantly, check out Ryan on Twitter at Ryan BHQ and his work at baseball HQ. I'm on Twitter at BD Entrick. And this is another episode of Bubba in the Bloom. Catch you guys next week. policy from American Family Insurance because you'll feel protected no matter how the wind blows. Also, you can keep enjoying the home of your dreams. And our expert agents can help you save up to 23% when you bundle home with auto. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.